T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What is Bitcoin and how investors can get exposure? I'm Andy Gersher. This is Gaines. Recently, I had a sit down with one of our uh, web producers, uh, Jillian DeGroot. Jillian, I hope I'm saying the name right if you're listening to the podcast. But uh, she's a newbie to the world of finance and cryptocurrencies so when we were talking we, we discussed things that that people who are brand new to this questions and and topics that they might be interested in she gave me a great list there's all kinds of things here and i'm going to be sure to cover some of these um but the, towards the very top of the list here is what is bitcoin and how does somebody who who doesn't know anything about this Get exposure to it. And I was thinking to myself, that would be a great segment for gains. I know a lot of us have have delved into this and we play around with this stuff. But even people who trade Bitcoin and have money in, in funds that invest in Bitcoin don't fully understand what Bitcoin is. So that's what we're going to address today on the Gains podcast. Let's bring on Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management in Glenview, of course. And his website is SenecaCapital.com, C-E-N-A-C-L-E, Capital.com. Hey, Bill, always glad to have you on uh, the Gains Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, Andy. And and uh, the Bitcoin and crypto have not disappointed the volatility as of late, as of the taping of this has just been off the charts. Well, this is what we live for, right? I mean, as traders, as people who are involved in this space, I mean, this is, we're, these are, we're living a good, we're living a good life right now because this is where, this is the fun stuff. It, it really is. And, and the thing is, the, the nice thing, and that, and that's why probably I'm way more interested in crypto now than stocks because of the volatility I just alluded to. Um, the, the focus today is exclusively Bitcoin. We're going to do a 101 on Bitcoin. Bill, I, I think just to set the table here, a lot of people who even trade this stuff aren't even sure about this one, This this or can't even answer this initial question. In a really boiled down way, uh, let's let's explain what Bitcoin is. All right, Andy, I need a little bit of runway with this one. Okay, yeah. before I understandably can go right so, yeah, because there's a lot of ways we can even kind of uh, approach this, but just the yes. nuts and bolts. Um, and I kind of want to, you know, look at it as from 
you know, the technical blockchain. Let's start there from the technical blockchain part of this. What is Bitcoin? So if you want a technical answer, I'm going to do the best that I can. Yeah. So normally when you have a computer network, uh, well, there's the Visa, MasterCard network, the banking network, the Federal Reserve, IBM, there is a relationship to the user and it's called a master-slave relationship. You have a database that's hosted on a central server and that's where the brains are. And everybody else who's in the periphery around that, the circle, is the, is the slave. So when I log into my banking website, I don't have any control over my account, really. It's up to the bank to give me the contents or the, the outcome of a centralized database that they keep and store and hold. So in October 2008, a pseudonymous creator by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto uh, created a, his, he introduced his Bitcoin white paper. And if you go and do a Google search for Bitcoin white paper, you'll see that it is a purely peer-to-peer, which is like person-to-person version of electronic cash that would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. So in the globe, whenever I'm using PayPal, a debit card, a check, uh, ATM machine, uh, people use a phone with a little square cube on top. The only way I can send money is using a financial institution, a third-party institution. And what Bitcoin does is it, it removes the centralization of the movement of money to a global network that anybody can opt in and opt out without the need of a trusted third party like a bank or a clearing firm. So that's the big picture. If you were to imagine what the Bitcoin network looks like, you would see that um, – if you were to take a look at the globe, you would see all these little points of light of this massive web of computers that are connected. They're all about the size of a shoebox, and you can pick them up on eBay or Craigslist. And what these machines do is they keep track of a global ledger. It's a file. The file is called um, – it's, it's, it's the, the Bitcoin node. It's the master file. And inside this file, ever since the very first Bitcoin was transacted, every single transaction – in these little 10 minute blocks is connected by a chain of blocks that keep track of all the other information. So in other words, every 10 minutes, a block of information is created and that block then is linked using a chain to the second block and to the third block and to the fourth block and to the fifth block. So there's this perfect provenance, this perfect seamless garment of tr financial transactions going back all the way to the original blockchain, and it's done using a free market, opt-in at your free will um, computer system, and that's never been done before. So normally, the big solution, the big thing with blockchain, what it did was, is back in the very early 80s, the question was, how do you sync up a huge database with servers all over the place? And computer scientists gave this problem called, it's called the Byzantine general problem. How do you know that what you see in a database is true? What if somebody in entered some information a second or two before you or a minute or two after you? How do you really know who owns what and if the database is accurate and up to date? And IBM was really a, a forefronter in having a synchronized database. But 
in order to have a synchronized database, you have to assume that sometimes it's out of sync. And the Bitcoin software, the Bitcoin blockchain solved that magical computer science program of the Byzantine general to say, what is truth? So Bitcoin, the Bitcoins are the, the, like the token, the money that we talk about. The Bitcoin network is the internet payment protocol. It's the, like the TCIP or the HTTPP of the Bitcoin world that keeps track of everyone's ownership uh, simultaneously at the speed of light using consensus. All these computers are tied together and they all agree and reach consensus on who owns what. So, Again, another Okay. Well, no, I was going to say, okay, so yeah, that's a pretty good, good explanation. The real basics of this is when, when you're at the base of Bitcoin, it's basically an HTTP file, right? And that has been built, you know, each link built on that, each transaction built on that, hence building the blockchain. Every single transaction that has ever been done via Bitcoin exactly. is on this master file. And and as you mentioned, bitcoins are the tokens, the the yeah. mon the money behind it. The Bitcoin network keeps track of every single transaction by building a blockchain. I mean, there's just a master file, and then every transaction is built off that master file. And to make sure that everything is in 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 cahoots, so to speak, yes, you have miners and stakers and everybody verifying these transactions so um and but you said it andy you said there's a master file in traditional finance it's the options clearing corp has the master file right it's the new york stock exchange has the master file it's the federal reserve has the master file it's the visa network has the master file we all we all have the master file file yes it's everybody it's it's uh there's a master file, and that's that's why it's decentralized. They always talk about yes. decentralized currency. That's why it's decentralized because everybody has the master file, and that's right. that's a key. God, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. You're good. Listen, you're right, and this is why they call Bitcoin a trustless society. It's a trustless system because I don't need to trust the centralized database. I can verify the transactions myself. I don't need to trust. I only have to verify what's on the blockchain. And it's open to everybody. It's open source code. It's um, freely available and downloadable. Anybody can participate. Anybody can join in, opt in at any time. And that's just a technical spot. And, and I'm, not, I'm not a Bitcoin developer, right? I mean, I had the, but, I, but being in the financial services, I see what a centralized, closed, um, file really is right. It's the it's the clearing corp file. It's the you know overnight lending file. But now in Bitcoin, like you said, everybody everybody can have a copy of it. Anyone can download it. And so this goes back then to the philosophical question of like, what is Bitcoin? Well, if you're a libertarian, it's a currency that isn't controlled by uh, a nation state. You know they can't manipulate it. They can't censor it. They don't own it. Right? If I if I actually burn U.S. dollars and Federal Reserve notes. That's a crime. I'm not allowed to deface money, right? So that means I don't own it. Right? It belongs to the Federal Reserve. If I'm a developer, Bitcoin is this open source computer code that's protected by the First Amendment protection of free speech. 
If I'm a philosopher, it's a political and social revolution. If I'm a banker, it's the first time since the Federal Reserve was chartered in 1913. Someone can now compete with my, my business of lending and sending money outside of the financial institutions that we've grown up with. So so all these different, uh, you know, so Bitcoin, Bitcoin has a different meaning for what's important to a lot of people. And you, you've kind of hit on those um, I, back to actually what Bitcoin is. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about this ledger. I think a lot of people kind of get confused when they, they don't understand the difference between the Bitcoin network and the Bitcoin. Bitcoin tokens. They're like, how is there tokens? You have this HTTP file and and, and, it, and it's a blockchain and it has every transaction. Where, where, where do these tokens come from? So let's address that. Let, let's talk about the tokens. Bitcoin itself, which is mm-hmm. what we all trade, explain, you know, the tokens, how they're generated and, and, and how, how they differ from the network themselves. Okay, so the Bitcoin token, I like to use the analogy of when I'm playing Monopoly and I pass Go, the bank gives me $200, right? I have $200 now that I didn't have before. Right. In the Bitcoin network, every 10 minutes, there is computational energy and computational power that has to be applied to the Bitcoin network to make sure that all the transactions are lined up perfectly in chronological order, that I sent X number of Bitcoin to Andy, and Andy sent X number of Bitcoin to Joe, and Joe sent it to Janie, and everybody's keeping track of these these transactions. And it happens in this heartbeat of every 10 minutes. And it's the Bitcoin network, it's the code has been hard-coded into the, into the Bitcoin network that a reward is given to the person who can solve the Bitcoin network. A.K.A.? Bitcoin token. Right. And, it, and it's a ledger. It's just, it's a, it's a update in this big file you and I were talking about. Just like when I have my paycheck direct deposited at my local bank, no one's really sending me U.S. dollars. It's merely a ledger of the bank that's updated to reflect what my current balance is. And it's not a, a physical, month. and it's not a physical. That's, you, you kind of touched upon it here. I mean, it's it's part of this file, and, and it's the reward, but it's not, it's part of the network. It's not a separate or any kind of physical token. A lot of people don't understand, like, do you store your Bitcoin on your computer? It's like, not really, because it's not an actual token. It's part of the network, but it's the mm-hmm. reward. Kind of explain that, too. And we're You're kind of touching on that. Right. So every every person in the Bitcoin network has a unique uh, code. It's an address. You have a public address and you have a private address. You have a public key or a private key. A public key would kind of be like my home address of my house. Anybody who wants to write down my home address and send me a check out of the goodness of their heart, I'll be happy to accept it. But I'm not going to let you in my house unless you have an actual key into the contents of my home. And so there's just like a safety deposit box has two keys, one that the bank holds and one that I hold. The bank kind of holds my public key. I hold my private key. And that key identifies the amount of Bitcoin that I'm that I own, that the edge that the ledger attributes to me. So the the magical thing about Bitcoin is that normally in the past, Andy, if I had a wave file, an MP3 file, a cat video, no matter what it was an Excel spreadsheet, if I sent it to you from my computer to yours, I retain the original. I'm merely sending you a copy. 
Now that works thing that works great with things of low value, like I said, a picture of uh, my dog or a snapshot of my favorite food. But it doesn't work well for high value things like buildings, real estate, um, lending, the billions and trillions of dollars that happen in the global economy. So how do you transact knowing that when I send it to you, I no longer, as the sender, I no longer have um, possession of it. When I write a check, I write a check to pay to the order of Andy Gersher, and I, I submit it, I give it to you. I no longer have that check, but you have to hurry up and cash that check before I drain my checking account. Or if I buy something on the Internet and I call up my credit card company and say, hey, I got ripped off. I want my money back. Right. American Express will cancel the transaction. And I may as already as the eBay seller, I may have already shipped the good. So Bitcoin is a way of transacting, making financial transactions from one person to the other. And I no longer as the sender, I no longer have ownership of a digital asset. It's the first time in history that you've ever been able to have a unique copy, a unique amount of a digital good. And Bitcoin is also that. And so when the Bitcoin network was created, the, like, like a car odometer, it was set to about 21 million Bitcoins. And every 10 minutes, there was 25 Bitcoins were released into the economy. And then 12 and a half Bitcoins were released. And the number keeps getting decremated over time. So Bitcoin is like a car odometer that stops at 21 million. And only then will we only be able to trade Bitcoins amongst ourselves because there's going to be no more supply that's available. So right now, there's about 18 and almost 19 million Bitcoins of the 21 million have already been released in existence. Some are lost, some are held, and some people are never going to sell. We still have about, you know, two and a half, um, we have like two and a half million Bitcoin left to mine in this passing go that I was describing before. Does, does that make sense? Oh, no, 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 that does help. And, and I wanted to cover one thing. We're going to get to a commercial break here in like two seconds. But real quick, the question I have uh, before we do the plugs and the commercial break is mm -hmm. I think a lot of people wonder, what happens when all the Bitcoin is mined? What happens when all the Bitcoin is mined? Well, that's a great question. And the verdict is still out. But Bitcoin will probably be used only for super high value transactions, maybe like banking settlements. Or when one nation sends a few billion dollars to another nation. Um, and so, so what's going to happen is inside every single transaction, there are basically two financial components. One is the actual transaction fee, the mining fee. You contribute. I pay money to the network in order to, um, to do my transaction, in order to fulfill and clear my transaction, in order to perform the transaction. I'm going to send Bitcoin from Bill to Andy, and there's a little teeny tiny transaction fee to the miners that perform the computational network of adding it to this blockchain. And then at the end of 10 minutes, when the Bitcoin network is solved, when it's secure and it's all been approved and agreed upon through consensus and it gets added to the blockchain, then there's a mining reward. So at the end, in 100 years or however many years it is, when all the, um, the Bitcoin has been mined, all that will be left are the transaction fees that the miners get to participate in, whatever that might be. The miners are a, a big part of of keeping up the network. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here real quick. You know, as always, be sure to subscribe and follow us and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option. 
everybody tells me that's podcast gold. Totally would be helping out the Gaines podcast uh, if you do that. And then, of course, always subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Bill. We're going to talk about different ways to get exposure and how to participate in Bitcoin. So we'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, right back with Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. His website, SenecalCapital.com. Hey, real quick, Bill, um, for our listeners, you have um, some uh, a text. They can text uh, mm-hmm. some info to you to get more info back. So just let's do that plug real quick. Um, well, and this you, this is a, a, a really great resource for our GAINS listeners. So, Bill, uh, tell them what they got to do. So I send out a, I publish a newsletter roughly every 10 or 12 days. It's called the Blockchain Advisor. And anybody can get started receiving that for free by texting the word blockchain to the phone number 22828. That's the word blockchain to 22828. You'll be asked for an email address and you can opt in and receive our free newsletter. Uh, and it's, it's pretty interesting, you know, again, from a perspective of a financial advisor and uh, when I say long-time Bitcoin enthusiast, since about 2016 when I was first introduced to it. So uh, not not in the beginning, but about halfway through the chronology of Bitcoin. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. The GAINS listeners are going to want to get in on opportunities to make gains. And so I think a big question for everybody is, so, you know, we know what Bitcoin is. We see the value. It's gaining traction. How do you invest in this stuff uh, what's the best way to go about trading and investing in Bitcoin? And there are a number of ways. Now, let me just tell sure. you real quick. This is how I initially got into to Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, Doge. And this is a very easy way. Um, I know it's the, 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 the platform I'm going to mention here is sometimes controversial. I haven't had a ton of problems with them. Uh, and they're cheap to trade. 
because uh, there's no fees. I mean, nobody's charging fees now, but it, it's really kind of turnkey and easy. I have gotten exposure through crypto through Robinhood. That's my, you know, just initial way of getting exposure. You're not owning the actual tokens. You're trading it more like a stock. You know, they have Ethereum, Litecoin, Ethereum Classic, Dogecoin. I'm just looking at my Robinhood account right now. So that's maybe baby steps or a, a beginner's way to start participating in this right and, and right away. I mean, if a lot of I'm sure a lot of gains listeners are probably very familiar with Robinhood and and um, you know there's a lot of different places, but just for me. That was my initial step as far as trading. I dabbled in in Bitcoin before in other ways, but I think you know with the training wheels on, you know by trading on a Robinhood platform too, you don't actually own the crypto, so it's not like you're taking a chance of it getting stolen. That can be a nice thing, but then again, you don't own it. What's a another training wheel way for people to get involved in this? I just mentioned. Um, you know, going through Robinhood and trading it on that platform. There are other funds now that are coming to uh, give us uh, one of your ideas, Bill. Well, uh, what we use for our clients when we're getting exposure to Bitcoin is using the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust. It is a uh, it's a closed trust, very similar to a closed end fund. And the symbol is GBTC. And it trades at a discount. To Bitcoin, and sometimes it trades at a premium to Bitcoin, and currently is trading at a discount. Um, holders of the trust own roughly like 0.098% of one Bitcoin. So there is Bitcoin behind the scenes. Um, and again, and, and that's how it is for Robinhood to tokens. Oh, sorry. I mean, that's that's how it is for Robinhood too. It's not like when you're investing in these, they aren't holding it. It's just you personally aren't holding it. But again, by giving up that control, uh, there's also a degree of security. So as you just as you mentioned, and if, if I'm not mistaken, Bill, GBTC, that's the the big daddy in the room as far as as Bitcoin funds. Isn't that the largest? I believe I think globally, I mean, totally with all the big with all the cryptocurrency funds they have, the assets under management of Grayscale is roughly fifty three billion dollars. And they have Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. Um, uh, they, you know, Solano is in Solana is in their Grayscale Large Cap Trust. They have a um, an Ethereum Classic Trust, an Ethereum Trust. So if you combine all of them, it's around 53 billion. Probably 25 or 30 billion of that is probably just Bitcoin alone. That's that's their flagship fund. So we talked about Robinhood and 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 these other funds. Another platform is eToro, uh, which I'm looking at right now. And they give you, you can trade on their platform a variety of tokens. And some of them, the bigger ones like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the like, actually can be taken out of your account and put into wallets. Um, there's other platforms. Uh, eToro is not just the only one. And I'll let you tell us uh, your favorite platform and just real quickly explain, you know, the difference between the fun and trading on Robinhood and actually, you know, when you get to eToro and some of these other platforms where you're actually able to take some of these cryptos that you actually hold in these 
uh, on the on the platform and actually transfer them in wallets and actual take uh, physical, so to speak. It's not physical, but actually take possession, I should say, right. of the crypto in a wallet. Kind of explain that real quick. Right. So, again, we talked about what does it mean to be a trusted third party? When I receive my paycheck, I trust my local bank to keep track of my ledger. All my transactions are done through the bank. Um, my deposits are technically a liability on the bank sheet balance. They control what I deposit in a way and what I'm able to withdraw. Bitcoin is a little bit different. And that is if you want to be a purist of Bitcoin, you want to own that. You want to own both of those keys I was telling you about, the private key and the public key. And you can take your Bitcoin and you secure your ownership of Bitcoin that's kind of floating out in the cloud on a hard drive. It looks like a little USB stick. The most popular ones are Ledger, Nano S, or a Trezor device. The Ledger or Trezor device basically is a piece of hardware that contains or holds the, the encrypted seed phrase, the, the, the encrypted keys that protect your ownership and identify your ownership on the Bitcoin network. Real quick. Um, yeah. All that is is code. I mean, technically, yes. you could write that same code down on a, a piece of paper. And it would be just the same, correct? I just wanted to kind of tackle that. Well, yes. So and, and this is a, sometimes we have to use words that identify things of our, of, of our everyday experience today, even though it doesn't quite describe what's going on. So a Bitcoin wallet, what does that mean? A Bitcoin wallet really isn't a wallet like I keep a credit card in because Bitcoin does not exist physically. So in order to create a wallet, a unique identifier of a Bitcoin address that only represents me, I have to use something called a seed phrase. It's 12 words or 24 words that are drawn at random. And when used in the correct sequence and run through a seed generator, it creates this super long uh, encrypted numeric address that only belongs to me. And when I take my Bitcoin and I purchase it or I sell it, this unique address represents only Bill Uliberry, right? My holdings. And that's done by using words. So um, if, you were a, if you were an immigrant, if you were a outcast, if you were a traveler, if you lost your wallet, you have to go to an embassy and get a passport. If you went through TSA with gold bars, you would get arrested and the gold would be confiscated. With Bitcoin, I can keep my wealth in the cloud, in the Bitcoin network. And as long as I memorize my 24-word seed phrase, I can pick it up. I can, I can get a hold of it. I can get possession of it anywhere in the world. So the Bitcoin seed phrase is a way of I, you, uniquely identifying me as the holder of Bitcoin. But with that, Andy, with great freedom comes great responsibility. If I lose that seed phrase, if it gets burned in a fire, if it gets stolen, I lose possession of my Bitcoin. Just as sure if I had a bag of money uh, in a paper bag and, I, and it fell off my car when I was getting my wallet and my keys along with my Starbucks coffee. It just fell off the top, right? You see moms with their purses and coffee cups on top of their car. If I left my wallet up there, the cash would be, would be gone. So when you own the Bitcoin self-sovereignly, when you are responsible for your ownership and your keys, you want to own it on one of these little devices. 
Um, and then and, and I, can, I think the like, term often is referred to as putting it in cold storage. Cold storage, yeah. right? It's off the network. It's hidden. It's uh, it's the same as having maybe your safety deposit box keys in your, uh, you know, a safe in your own basement, so to speak. As we wrap up here, Bill, just give us a couple other sites that people use to gain exposure to Bitcoin beyond just, you know, we mentioned this, the fund sure. or trading on Robinhood or even, you know, the eToro platform. You know, for instance, that particular platform, it's on that trading platform. You really don't have that freedom and and responsibility until you move, correct? You know, uh, your your crypto off that platform onto a wallet. What other what companies do you use as far as getting various tokens? Well, I think my two favorite right now is still Coinbase. Coinbase is a first mover adoption. Everybody they likes the, Coinbase. Uh, it seems like Coinbase, it's a, it's a right? popular one. KYC, know your client, and AML anti money laundering rules. Uh, there's customer service. They have a great platform. They offer over 100 tokens, different cryptocurrencies you can buy and sell. It's a beautiful interface. I love Coinbase. And they give you, you the back office it. for tax. I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick, yeah. but a, no, no. a key component to this, too, is they actually have the do the back office stuff when it comes to taxes and you know capital gains and that kind of stuff as well. Sure. I guess my second one right now is the Strike app. And I'll tell you why. The Strike app was uh, developed by Jack Mallers, who's a Chicago native. Uh, his his parents started the uh, Chicago Bitcoin and Open Blockchain Meetup Group. They're, they've been into this space for since day one. And so Jack Mallers really did a great job of combining both things. One is when you download the Strike app, you connect your debit card of your local bank to the Strike app. And after doing your KYC and anti-money laundering rules, you answer a few questions. You're able to do one of two. You're able to do two of two things. You can either buy Bitcoin and it's kind of stored on your phone and you, it connects your debit card, your local bank to it. Or if you want to send a payment to anyone in the world for almost zero cost, you want to send U.S. dollars or you want to send money to El Salvador, you want to use the Strike app. Because the Strike app uses the Bitcoin network, the computer payment rails, to send money anywhere in the world almost instantaneously. No, instantaneously at the speed of light for virtually no cost. So El Salvador has accepted Bitcoin as legal tender, and they're using the Lightning network, which is this other network. It's the, it's the network that uses the Bitcoin network to send transactions. So. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. I like it. It's clean. It's got a good user interface and you're supporting a great cause, which is moving money anywhere around the world instantaneously. El Salvador, Australia, Russia, Ukraine, Iowa, it doesn't matter. The world is now flat, uh, which reminds me of that Friedman book, right? The world is flat. Yeah. It's, it's now flat financially for the first time since uh, the Satoshi Nakamoto published his Bitcoin white paper. So now we have a flat financial system. Uh, anywhere, you can you can send money anywhere using the Lightning Network, and it's a part of the Bitcoin infrastructure. So we're talking about very mainstream platforms. So if you're looking to get exposure into Bitcoin, maybe try the Robinhood, and then as you, you, you see how this trades and you learn more about it, then, you know, consider other platforms, maybe even consider doing a trial and putting a little bit in cold storage. There's a, there's a lot uh, that can be done here. So we're going to leave it at that. Um, Andy, can I say one more thing? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
So I just want you to know that I do consulting in the cryptocurrency space, and I was um, approached and contacted by an attorney who I know, and he recently um, had around $3,000 of Bitcoin stolen from him. And how it happened was using something called a MetaMask, uh, a MetaMask module, I guess you'd call it, on his internet browser. I do not recommend MetaMask. Um, and just for the safety of the, our listeners, I wouldn't want them to lose any of their cryptocurrency. So I know MetaMask has this really interesting, either you love it or you hate it. It's like a, uh, a, a module or that you download in your app. It's just it's like one more little thing that runs on your Internet browser. But I, right now, unless you are more sophisticated, I would not recommend using MetaMask or an Internet-based browser. Hold your wallet. Uh, hold your, your wealth because there's just too many pieces of malware and weird stuff out there, key logging uh, programs that are watching your every move and could potentially steal your Bitcoin away from you. Hey, Bill, again, thanks for joining us today. And, and thanks for that uh, that little uh, nugget at the end there. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks yeah. for thanks for having me on again. It's always great to be with you. I yeah, and we'll do it again real soon. That's Bill Uliveri, owner of Cynical Capital Management in Glenview. And again, Bill, give us that text and code for the GAINS listeners to get uh, more info from you. Take out your cell phones, send a text message, and send the word blockchain to the number 22828 to get started. That's blockchain to 22828. And... Uh, Join join the community, right? I mean, get our newsletter and, and let's uh, have yeah. a conversation and talk about crypto. I did that, and I've been really happy. Uh, just great information in my email box. So, hey, thanks Thank again, you. Bill. We'll talk again real soon, and have a great afternoon. You too, Andy. Thanks. All right. See you. Bye. So that's a 101 on Bitcoin. There you go. We're going to wrap up today's GAINS podcast. Before I let you go, be sure to subscribe, Follow and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I say that all the time. And if, if that's an option, please do so. And then subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We will be back next Tuesday. Uh, I've been in talks with um, one of our guests who says they got some really good, good, juicy picks they're going to throw us on Tuesday. So I will see you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. 